The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steed Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job. So, joined now by Ingus Catalan to look back at Galway's victory over Antrim at the weekend and look ahead to Galway's clash with Dublin. Um, it's obviously a must win. Henry Sheffield has said they're treating this like the Leinster semi final and knockout game. It's pretty simple. It's it's really in Galway's own hands. Win this weekend. They're in the Leinster final. Um, Dublin have to win by more than four and then hope um, Kilkenny uh, win too. But uh, obviously, Galway are going to want to get a win uh, this weekend against Dublin. Angus, coming to you first, have, have you been able to get to many of the Galway senior earlier games throughout the Leinster Championship so far? Yeah, I've been to one or two. Uh, I went down to Kilkenny there. Um, and uh, you know, been checking in on the GA go then for a few of the others, you know. Um a few small kids there keeping me entertained at the weekend, so it can be difficult to, to, to get away. But um certainly you, you know it's great. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, criticism of the GA go, but uh, you know, at least you get you get access to, to a number of games and um it, they're there on repeat as well, so you can go back and watch them again if you if you don't watch it at the time. So um, yeah, look, looking forward to, to the game this weekend. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's a nice day out in Crow Park for everybody. It's been a while since since we got up there last year. So, um, yeah, it's it's set up for, for a good competitive game for Galway, as you said. What can we take from the Leinster Championship, Angus? Because, obviously, we played a, a, a good game with Kilkenny, you could say. Galway probably learned a lot from that. Wexford and um, a poor start fed their way into it. Never really looked like losing it too much in the second half. It's safe to say the other two games have been hammerings. Galway have dished out uh, to Westmead and Antrim. Overall, what what are the management taken from the Leinster Championship so far? Do you feel it's kind of very hard to get a read on Galway at the moment? You know, as you said. Wexford were, 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 I was at that game, I thought they were very, very poor, you know, barely a few goals they got at the start. They really didn't really put up much of a fight at all. Antrim game, you know, it was a broad challenge match, you know, 5.25 from play, 11 different scores, 50 scoring chances for Galway, you know, there was numerous examples of loose play, you know, so, so I don't think they, they would have learned a whole pile from, from the Antrim OSC's games at all. You know, it was good to give the younger guys uh, championship experience, maybe get their debut under their belts. Um, but as you said, the Kenny game really was where the main learnings were. And I, I think that, you know, they'll take heart from the um, the resilience and steel the lads showed. You know, they were they were up, they were down, they, they were behind towards the end and, and, you know, managed to pull something out of the fire then with two late great scores, you know. Um, so in terms of what they'll take from the league, I think it's from now on really, or from the championship, as you say, it's from now on really that, that uh, Galway are going to start learning things. Um, you, you know, they, they have a good serious game this weekend, as you said. Uh, hopefully get over that. Uh, and then you're moving on to a Leinster final back against Kilkenny, who, you know, you'd imagine will, will be going all out to win a second Leinster title in a row. So I feel whilst... I don't, I don't know the situation in terms of what training, etc. is going on, but I would feel that Galway 
are at a good advantage here in that I feel they could really train hard through them entering as we West Mead games. You know, the the, the risk. Do you think they have been? I don't know is the honest answer. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if they haven't, really. You, you know, wh why not take advantage of that? Um, the, the, the sort of low-risk sort of games, you know. Mm. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So you, they comfortably took care of both teams. If you look at Antrim, I think they totally rolled off that game against Galway, really, you know, coming down. They, they would have always targeted that their last game against Westmead would have been the real one they needed to win to stay up. Now, conversely, it turned around that they went to bet Wexford, but it still doesn't really change the situation for Antrim. If they don't win the weekend, they're gone. So uh, I feel, you know, Galway would have learned very little from two games, reasonable amount from the Kilkenny game and, and maybe a small bit from the Wexford game, but now on, Galway will really start to, to test themselves and, and see where they're at. Ingus, when you were playing during your own, own career, you obviously didn't get the full experience that players are getting today of the Leinster Championship, the round-robin system. But around this time of year, championship time, is it, a is it the most enjoyable part of the year now as a player from your own experience? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, championships maybe started slightly later when, when I was involved. Um, but, you know, you get out to Athen Rye there, the hot, hot summer evenings or into Pierce Stadium, you know, uh, Tex or whoever the kit man will be throwing out, 60 or 70 new hurling balls. And, uh, you know, you'd be going hard at it for the hour and a half, you know, primarily all ball work, maybe a bit of a game, but absolutely. I mean, how would you not enjoy this time of year? You know, testing yourself. Nobody wants to be slogging around the pitch in January. You want to be out there hurling, you know, fucking the ball, tackling good hard drills and playing games. So, uh, you know, this time of the year, it's, 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 it's what guys train hard for. This is where they want to be fit. They want to be moving well. Uh, and the good weather, I suppose, you know, helps, helps in that as well. Would your trainings get feisty around this time of year? Absolutely. Um, you know, depending on what way the management were approaching it, you know, if it was a, towards the end of a week with a championship game at the weekend, you know, you'd only be having that 15, 20 minute blowout of a match. Things wouldn't usually really get that hot and heavy. But, you know, if, if a manager set out a stall and said, you know, the, the, the weekend before a fairly big championship game, guys, this is when... Um, this is how we're going to pick the team. You'd have an A versus B. That's when you really would see the the intensity ramp up and the hits and, and, and you know, the intensity and competitiveness would certainly come to the fore. So uh, I particularly remember when when we were under Lucknan, you know, he used to play games where there was no ref and no rules. So they used to fairly boil over uh, quite frequently. And something that stands out, like a, a certain encounter between players or an encounter you had yourself? Um, <laughs> There's one, all right, um, he won't like me for saying it now, but uh, one of your previous guests there, Alan Kearns. So um, we were playing in Thurles the weekend after. So we went down to Thurles the week before to play a match and it was a very hot day. And um, in the middle of the game anyway, I, I, I kind of Alan was chasing a ball and I, I forget who came out against him anyway and, and sort of shouldered him over. And it didn't really look that bad at the time. And, and Alan was lying down on the ground for a long time. And, and look, Nan roars in. He says, he says, Kearns, get up. It's, you know, you think you're having a suntan or something. And the whole place erupted with laughter. But poor Alan, did we know, was 
was concussed and ended up being carted off to hospital. So we like to remind him of that one from time to time. When, when you when you talk of them stories and them A versus B games and in intensity and even there's stories like that that stand out. When those stories cross your mind, is that when you kind of tend to miss the intercounty? Oh yeah, well, not necessarily the, the the trainings and the games. It's the big championship games. You you know, going to Turles, going to Crow Park, Limerick, whatever it is. You know, the the buzz of going out when you're going out for the you know straight out before the game, going in for the photograph with the, with the if there's a bit of music playing or whatever, getting into the warm up. You know, the the nerves building. That's when you really, uh, that's where you really want to be. And I suppose when you step away, they're the days you miss the most. Would, would, would you get a buzz, Croker, Turles, those days? Going there now, is it? No, like when you were playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. have to feed off that. You know, that's that's what you're training hard for. You know, most of your trainings are behind closed doors. You, you don't have the, the adrenaline rush that comes with the noise, the crowd. And, uh, you know, go with fans when, when you're when you're running out for the first time. You know, usually that's when the hairs start standing in the back of your neck and you, you're... You're getting excited about getting involved in the game. You're you you probably still even get a buzz going to those stadiums now as a supporter. I imagine too. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we don't get enough of them. Um, you know, hopefully again we can get back up to the having full houses in in Turles or, or Crow Park. Uh, you know, Leinster final there. There should be a good goal with contingent at that. And hopefully, if you move on to a quarter final or semi final from then, I mean, last year. For the Limerick game, I thought there was a great goal with crowd and, and the noise it generated, you know, when Brian Concannon's goal or whatever went in that time, you know, there was the, the, the crowd lifted the team, I would say. And even we're, we're talking about the team at the minute, obviously, as we said, there's probably not a, not a whole pile, but going back to the Antrim game, you said there, 5.25 from play. I was putting this to Sir Farrell last week about maybe it's been the opposition so far in the Leinster Championship but is our biggest positive so far this year our ability to create goals because in the past Galway have predominantly been scoring points but at the minute there does seem to be a, an ability in this Galway side to put away goals now Yeah, yeah as I said it's kind of hard to read with, with the quality of opposition um, you know how many goals we score against Kenny it was one Brian's goal um so so you know the proof is in the pudding and and, and going forward I think uh Galway won another Ireland without scoring a goal. I don't think it's the be all and end all as it used to be. I mean if you look at the Limerick game at the weekend, don't think they scored a goal. Um so is there still a thing though if you're playing top side that you need to be put a few away? I think it's more about your at the moment your scoring efficiency. Yeah. You, you know, not necessarily, you, you might get one goal or two goals, but, you know, you're not going to score five goals or unlikely to score five goals against the top, top sides. Um, wh whether you're converting the chances that you create, uh, that that's the main key indicator, really, of, of how the team is performing from, on scoreboard-wise. You know, you need to be up on that 60-70% shooting efficiency. You look at the game last year, uh, again, going back to the Limerick game, a couple of chances coming down the stretch, you know, you you bank on guys in, in some situations to be scorned and, and they weren't. So, and that's ultimately what cost them. So, I mean, 
I think at the end of the day, yes, it's great to be scoring goals, but I'd more be looking at our scoring efficiency and are we putting away the chances, primarily points, that we're getting. And now, it's like just looking at the Antrim game, obviously, we 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 started slowly, you could say, Colin Cunning puts away a penalty in the first minute. But then after that, it's safe to say one-way traffic really. Can you... Can you can you take can Sheffield take something away from that game, or is it just routine victory, Dublin? I I think it's routine victory, Paul. You know, yes. the quality. Uh, there was very good patches of play by Galway, and I, I think they'll try and focus in on that. Um, but there were conversely, then you know there was a lot of guys standing up, getting blocked down, a lot of poor touches. You know, lads were able to go back and get their second touch again. Um, you know, th- there's no benefit to, to a team in playing, you know, teams that you're going to beat by 30, 40 points two weeks in a row. It's just going to slow down everyone's standard. And I think the challenge for the management team will be, you know, keeping guys' uh, intensity up and keeping their speed of play up because there's certainly bigger challenges coming down the tracks that you need to be a lot more sharper and, you know, a lot more intense in your play going forward. Obviously, when you're looking at that game, um, a few injury concerns have come out of that game. Um, I've been looking into to see what the scenario has been. Word on the street is Fintan Burkwood's head injury is going to be okay. It was more so just get him off the pitch, a precaution to be taken. But it does look like the Carl Mannion and Brian Cannon are significant concerns. It's hard to know what degree of concern they are this weekend, but they are injury concerns. Yeah, they're both huge losses to Galway. I mean, in the last two, three years. Is that even allowed? Against Dublin? Um, Is there still too much? So I think, I'd hope that Galway still have enough to take care of Dublin. Um, You know, Dublin are are a good side. They're very strong down the middle. Um, Donald Burke seems to be their their scorer in chief. Um, You know, Galway obviously need to, to, to count for him. Um, and Owen O'Donnell in the back line is, is having a great year, really. So, um, I, I think the two guys are definitely a loss, absolutely. You know, they're nailed on starters, you could argue. Um, and, and you'd hope that uh, come the Leicester final, they're, they're back and, and ready because they offer a huge amount to the team, particularly Brian. I think uh, the way he's been playing at the moment, you know, not just his own scoring, but the the assists and the space he creates for, for Connor and, and other forwards inside. So, yes, they're huge losses. Does it even it up? It certainly tips the scales a bit closer. But I feel, you know, you'd hope that, that even considering that Dublin have a huge insight into uh, into Galway, but you'd hope that Galway's quality will shine through. You actually made the point there, huge insight. It was something I was going to touch on later on, but I'll touch on it now since you did mention it. Michal Dunhu, Noel Larkin, Franny Ford, I think Brendan Egan's involved as well in the strength and conditioning as well with Dublin. What factor can that play this weekend? And Derry Ford as well. He took the yeah. He took another uh, another Galway uh, Galway man up with him. But um, it's, it's a huge bonus to Dublin. Obviously, you know he knows. 90% of these goal players inside out knows their yeah. strengths, their weaknesses, how they play. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you know, th- th- that, that can only offer the guys so much in terms of the way they set up. It, the, the lads aren't hurling, they're playing against Dublin hurlers. Uh, I think Galway backs will 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 really, um, you know, should come out on top in terms of the quality of, of Dublin forwards. Um, you'd hope that Galway defence w- will, will be strong and give a good platform to the guys up front. Um, but it'd be interesting to see, you know, it, it might expose some of Galway's weaknesses. We'd have to see how he sets up the guys that he targets, um, you know, the, the style of play, the approach. So um, it's going to be intriguing to see what happens. Does it, does it play on the player's mind, knowing that this management team were over them for so long? They know their personalities. There's probably still... A, a, a friendship there between that management, most of that management team and the players. Does that play on the players' minds at all, do you think? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it affects their performance, really. Um, once you go inside the white lines, you're not thinking who the opposition manager is, really, you know. Um, it might actually even give guys some extra motivation, you know, that uh, if it was some particular player who maybe didn't get on with them or, you you know doesn't want him to have the one up over them uh, after the game. So um, I, I don't think it, it has a huge effect on the, effect on the guys playing. Um, you know, it's it's four years ago now since he, he was manager. You know, typically when a manager steps away, he, he, he wouldn't maintain that much contact with guys. He might be one or two lads. He, he'd sort of remain friendly with, but, but most guys, you know, that's sort of it once the manager leaves. So um I don't think there's going to be guys going soft on, on Dublin just because Michal's over them, you know. It's a, it, it, Michal and Franny and Noel and these lads, they're not going to say it, but it's a difficult situation for them this weekend. Uh, I suppose it is, uh, but I suppose it's lucky enough for them. It's it's not necessarily a knockout game, so if, yeah, if they do yeah. get beat guy, they're not going to be out of the championship, you know. Um, you know, they're... they're, they're Fantastic Galway men, they give Galway the, the, the greatest days of their hurling lives, <laughs> a lot of these players, you know. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's difficult for them, they, they're professional guys, they have a job to do, they've invested a huge amount going up and down to Dublin, uh, you know, three, four times a week. So um, I, I, I don't see I don't see uh, it being that difficult for them, you know, as I said, because it's not a knockout game, really. They're more focused on getting a performance from their own team, I would imagine. And from from knowing the guys, from knowing me all and these guys, can you see, are you thinking straight away what kind of way they're going to set up or is, is it very much going to be kind of just figure it out when the match is, is on? Because I mean, Dublin have a style of play established, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't think they're going to veer away from that. They might tinker it slightly to, to, to try and negate some of Galway's uh, things in terms of, uh, where the sweeper set up, etc., etc. But I, uh, you know, is there, is there Dublin are not going to change dramatically their style of play to, to play Galway. Is there a thing they're going to try and drag out this Galway backline, move them around the place? Is he, do, do you think that's what they're going to try and do? Because I, I definitely do. I think that you know they play a sort of a running game. I think they're going yeah. to target midfield. They're going to try and pull the Galway backs. They're going to try. You know, he he'd know. Dahi, Garage, what their strengths are. You know, I could see they're going to try and do something with them, shift them around. Cahill, or Park Manion, I can see it will be will be chasing a lot of guys around the place. I don't see his man standing toe-to-toe beside him. Um, and, and they'll keep it very compact at the back. You know, they, they'll see the danger that Conor Whelan possesses 
um, you know, even again there the weekend, the goals he was getting, um, you, you know, and where I suppose where to shut down the supply from and target that, you know, I, I wouldn't see it that they play sort of the way Claire are playing at the moment, you know, where essentially it's a full court press all the way up the field. I, I see, you know, they might concede the puck outs to one or two guys uh, and try and keep the score down, I would imagine. Conor Berg is going to sit in that role, um, you'd, you'd imagine. They haven't really changed him for much. He sat against Kilkenny. He sat in most of the games and he, he does play that role very well for Dublin too. Yeah, he's a very good hurler. You know, he's a young guy. Um, seems to have come on the scene uh, the last few years. Uh, and as I said, Dublin are very strong down the middle, you know. Um, try and flitter a few passes around and get the ball to Donal, get the ball to the shooters and, and then they're off. You know what I mean? Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. All right, you know how guys that know Galway inside out set up and are they able to 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 stifle Galway's creativity up front? You know. So do I, I'm just making sure now. I have this right, Angus. So if Galway don't lose by more than four, they're in the Leinster final. Yes, that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah, no, just, just want to clear that's clear now, just with the permutations and everything. And as well for Galway, people might feel like this Dublin team, it's, it's probably hard to know where they're at. But at the same time, for a lot of this Galway group, Dublin knocked them out of the championship in Parallel Park in 19, then in 21, Dublin bet them in the Leinster semi-final in Crow Park. So they're probably, for the more experienced players in this group, they're they probably feel like they do owe Dublin one here. Yeah, there's certainly no fear there, I would imagine. The Dublin guys have, have trained hard. You know, they were away on a training camp. They went to Portugal for for a week. Um, they have a lot invested in, in this championship already. You know, I, I feel they were disappointed with the result in Antrim, but, you know, ultimately they got something out of it yeah. after a poor yeah. start. Uh, you know, they, they defeated Wexford in, in a good game in Crow Park. Um, reasonably competitive against Kilkenny. You know, um, so they'll want to push on here now. Uh, you know, this is their opportunity. They want to get if guys want to get to a Leinster final, they have to win the game. So um, I don't see any reason for them to sit back. There's, there's no, they're not saving themselves for anything. <laughs> uh, they're still going to be in the same position if they lose the game. So um, why not go go all out to get to a Leinster final from their point of view? So and go, I feel like they owe them one, particularly when you consider that that we have come up short. In previous years, to Dublin. Yeah, you, you you'd imagine that there might be a, a bit between the sheets and some of the Galway guys in that regard, but um, you know, you can't be focusing on that either. It's yeah. about your own performance. Um, what has happened with oppositions in the past might might give you a slight edge, but certainly not going to win you the game. It's about your performance and and how you approach the game and, and what your attitude is going into it. Before we get into teams, matchups, and everything. How do you feel about the game being in Crow Park? Um, because it's safe to say most of this football crowd aren't, aren't going to be in from the start for this Galway Dublin game. Like even last year, the Leinster final going to Kenny, there wasn't as many as you expect, and the atmosphere was maybe a bit flat early on. Like, is there? How do you feel about Galway Dublin being in Crow Park? I know it's obviously Dublin's home venue that they've chosen but the game being in Crow Park how do you feel? 
as a supporter, uh, probably, you know, a small bit disappointed. You know, the more intimate venues certainly lead to a better atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that if it was in Parnell Park, it would, you know, probably be a sellout. Uh, yeah. Field, yeah. It's very really. important to know why they've moved from Parnell Park, really. Well, it was such I, a gorgeous I don't know either. Um, as a player, I'd imagine the lads are delighted that it's not in Parnell Park and I'm yeah. happy that it's in Crow Park. Um, you, you know, uh, how often a year do you get to play in Crow Park? Two, yeah. three times a year, yeah. Max. You know, some of these guys, uh, Declan McLaughlin, a few others, might have never might, might have never played a game, a senior game in Crow Park. You know, so um, I think from a supporter's point of view, disappointed. From a player's point of view, I'd say they're they're more than happy that this game is in Crow Park because it'll tee them up again nicely for hopefully a Leinster final. Quarterfinals are usually down in Turles or whatever, but semi-finals and finals will certainly be back up in, in HQ. Declan McLaughlin, you mentioned him there, really impressive campaign so far. Four points from play the last day against Antrim. Going on that performance, Declan McLaughlin scores four points, does really well. Is he a player or has to keep his spot based on that performance for the weekend? Um... You'd imagine, you know, uh, he, he, any of the games he's been involved with, he, he's made a, a significant contribution. Um, you know, you saw yeah. it against Kenny. Um, if Brian Cannon is still still missing, there's certainly a spot available there. And, and you know, I suppose Henry would be true to the mantra, I suppose, if a guy is, is performing and training, he keeps his jersey. So there's no reason why uh, he won't be thrown in at the weekend and he'll get a good test in the, in the Dublin full back line. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great occasion and it's great to see how he's developed. Just looking at that Galway team that played the last day against Antrim, obviously we mentioned Brian Cannon didn't play the last day. He's a doubt. Falman is a doubt too. Other than that, would you see Henry sticking with more or less the same team? Just to refresh you with the team, the team that day that started against Antrim was Aidan Murphy, Jack Grealish, Garage McInerney, Darren Morrissey, Pork Mannion, Dahi Burke, Finton Burke. Joseph Cooney, Ronan Glennon, Connor Cooney, Evan Nyland, Carl Mannion, Kevin Cooney, Connor Whelan, Declan McLaughlin. Would you see more or less sticking with the same unless there's an enforced change with Carl Mannion? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, they've shown that really throughout the once once we got towards the latter stage of the league, it seemed to be a very consistent uh, selection. You know, there was only either a change or two, and in most cases, it, it might have been enforced or whatever. Um, you know, certainly all the back line there are, are, are prime positions. Maybe TJ might be pushing hard, I would imagine, to try and get in there. That's good. Um, That's a very open and competitive at the minute. I've really been saying that every week on the podcast. It's just with between, I suppose, Jack Grealish, Darren and TJ. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. We, we don't see what's happening in training, but um, it's, 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 you know, it's great to have those options. Um you know, it's, it's, it's a 20-man game now, so you never know what's going to happen, whether you'll need cover, so it's, it's great that we have it. Um, and the midfield there, Joseph Cooney seems to be playing is better with age. He's getting really at the moment, so certainly him and, and Ronan, or you have Tom Monaghan, or you have Keenan, you know, so there's, there's good options there. Is and Joseph then you're also going to have to find somebody at half-forward now, anyway, if Cahill is gone. Is Joseph Cooney, though, perfect for that role? Because maybe we were... Maybe if you look at it, we might have been a bit light, but does Joseph Cooney bring that physicality that maybe some people could argue that we need in the middle third? 
He does. He does. I, I, I kind of, unlike most other fellows who would be stuck in one position, I'd be inclined to see Joe being used in sort of in a horses for courses approach. You know, he, there might be days he's needed wing back when the opposition has a, a you know, yeah. a, a, a towering influence there. There might be times he's needed in half forward line when the opposition have a, you know, a Jeremy Burns or a Kyle Hayes or somebody who you need somebody with a bit of speed and strength to to, to try and keep a hold of. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be nailing him down as midfield. I think he's more of a utility for us there and, uh, you know, strategically placed depending on who the opposition is. You could easily see the next day if calls out. Tom Monaghan could easily go midfield and we could see Joseph deployed maybe to wing forward again. Because as you mentioned, if you if you are losing call, obviously you have Conor Cooney and Evan Island there, but they might feel that they could need another ball winner there against uh, Dublin, particularly with how strong Dublin are defensively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you look at um, most of the teams nowadays that are really going for height and strength in terms of their half-forward line and, and athletic ability. So um, Joe certainly fits them them categories anyway, along with his, his hurling skills. Just as well, two players we didn't see throughout the league that actually came on the last day against Antrim. Adrian Tooley made his return. Um, we haven't seen him in a Galway jersey for quite a while. He came on the last day. But a player as well who stared throughout the club championship for Loch Grey, Craig Lally was actually on one of the first podcasts this year and he said he wanted to see Jamie Ryan play for Galway. And Jamie Ryan has come on the last day. And he's a player who gives a different dimension um, to Galway as well. Yeah, as you say that, we played a league game against Loch Ray there a couple of weeks back and um, he, he was very impressive. You, you know, he, he definitely stood out as uh, being of inter- inter-county standard. Um, so, you know, he, he, he hasn't really got much of a run with Galway, whether whether that's by design or through injuries yeah, or whatever. So, there was a thumb injury there at the or something. That kind yeah, of yeah. Play. No, but he, he's lightning speed, you know, electric pace. Um, so he's certainly a sort of different dynamic that you that you could throw in. Um, you know, maybe he might start him at the weekend. You just don't know. Yeah. Uh, but look at Jamie. Certainly has the potential from what we've seen so far to 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 aid Galway and 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 to, to be a, a huge influence in terms of the, the twenty man selection for for uh, who plays in each day. You know, this Dublin game I mentioned at the outset uh, that. Henry Shefflin has said they're treating this like a knockout game and I presume you see Galway going all out from this from the start like you like you said at the start of the year when we had John on the first podcast of the year with Kevin Brady you said at the start of the year they have the players they have the management there's no excuses they can win the All-Ireland are you still along those lines? I mean yeah I mean I'm not saying they're going to win I'm saying they have the ability to win yeah. You, you know, if they can keep their main guys injury free, um, you know they have the uh, experienced backroom team. They have the full setup. Uh, you know they have the experience of last year. So you know they showed against Wexford how comfortable they were. You know, uh, managed to claw back against Kilkenny. I mean, Kilkenny are top three or four side. Um, as we spoke about there earlier, the lads in Munster are knocking lumps out of each other there. So you know. <laughs> They'd be well worn down by the time the quarterfinals and semifinals come along. So it's it's set up for Galway. You know what I mean? Let's hopefully get over Dublin at the weekend, have a right crack of the Leinster final, and um, you know onwards and upwards. Then from that, that 
if you can keep your main guys injury free, uh, hopefully learn the lessons from last year. Galway are in with the right show, absolutely. Do we really though need, as you said, there's still you still have areas where you may be just a bit unsure about Galway, obviously because of the opposition and the nature and the nature of some of those victories. But do we need as as much as we want to see there? We want to see the result this weekend, but do we need to see a really really impressive performance here this weekend? Do we need it? We need a win. Um, yeah. you, you know, as somebody said to me the last day in the Galway club scene, they said, she don't want to be peaking now till August. So, I mean, do Galway want to be peaking now uh, and, and performing at the very best? You know, it, it, it's difficult to, to time your run. I mean, look at Limerick in the league, the league final and what's happened since then. So, you know, Yes, a performance would be great. I don't think Galway want to be hitting top gear either. Um, so it's just about, you know, them incremental gains each week, you know, making sure your KPIs have been hit. Um, and I suppose building towards quarterfinal, semifinal, final when you really want to deliver your best performances. What, what do you want to see this weekend from them? Well, like you'd want to see that the style of play, you know, that Galway are, are tight and secure at the back that their, their scoring efficiencies is up, they're working hard, uh, you know, that, that Dublin, uh, they're able to, to, I suppose, tactically work around Dublin because I feel Dublin are quite a tactical side the way they set up. So um, we want to see, you know, good, intense, competitive hurling from Galway and that uh, they're able to, to um, I suppose, deal with whatever Dublin throws at them. The um, matchups this weekend and um, don't forget as well this game's on RTE at the weekend as well um, it'll be going second time live in the Leinster Championship this year if you can't make a trip uh, to Croker at the weekend but matchups Ono Donald and Conor Whelan worth the entry fee alone for this yeah yeah there's a fair amount of uh, fair amount of brawn between the two of them now um, I can see them hopping off each other for, for a good 70 minutes um, but I mean, Galway might to play to play Conor Whelan centre forward, you know, uh, and uh, we mightn't see that. But look at that. That's that's uh, a relish. You relish that uh, challenge coming up between the two guys. You know, it's it's going to be an exciting battle if it transpires that way. Really um, two guys who don't back well, down. Anyway, certainly, they're really similar in physique as well. The two of them, aren't they? Even you could see Owen O'Donnell the last day when he got the ball driving forward. Uh, got a point against Keith Henny at the end and like this is this is where like if Owen O'Donnell decides to go forward and Conor Whelan's on him like it, it, it will be interesting yeah I mean you saw with Hugh Lawler and, and Conor Whelan as well you know it's a really tough competitive um, battle between the two guys and uh, if the two of them are marking each other I'm not so sure they will be but if they are um, I think it, it, it'll be a great contest yeah, Paddy Smith as well has done a fantastic job on TJRE there at the weekend. He's another tight, tenacious man-maker, probably very underrated. And you have Darrell Gray as well in the half-back line, really impressive. Uh, Connor Burke at six. But the probably the, the strongest area of that Dublin team is probably the half-forward line of Donald Burke, Danny Sutcliffe, Keen Boland. We talked about Dublin wanting to move it around. All those three players are allegedly quick loads of hurling in them and they are probably that's probably an area where Dublin are targeting because 
it's safe to say it is their strongest line. Yeah, uh, I mean, Donald Burke will certainly take watching. He's he's right up there at the moment in, in terms of uh, the top five hurlers in the country. I think his scoring, his his influence from play is, you know, cannot be understated. He, he's really carrying Dublin in a, in a good few games. Um, be very interesting to see where they deploy him. Will they put him in centre forward and die? You know, will they put him on Parig Mannion? Doubt it. Uh, or will they put him in the corner and, and bring him out? Um, if he if he's inside, would would Galway decide to put Jack Grealish on him just to stick to him? Will Galway look? Will Galway look to put someone on him from the outset? Is he a player that you just have to? I, I think he know? is. I think he is. Um, you know, he, his scoring. Uh, you look against Kilkenny. Kilkenny deployed somebody on him. You know, um, they followed him around all day, and I I, I I think most teams are having to do that now because of the influence he's having. I mean, Wexford didn't really tie him down and, and he essentially, you know, ended up carrying them over the line. Who's going to go on him then, Angus? It depends where he's playing. If he's in the forward line, I'd say probably say they put Jack on him. If he's in the half forward line, um, if Fintan is fit, maybe. Might to, to get him to cover my... I, I don't know. Will they have Dahi trips around Crow Park after him? It's unlikely. I think they'd like Dahi to hold the middle, stop runs down through the middle, and, and be solid, you know, uh, uh, at centre back. Yeah, because Donald Burke really he, he moves all around the place, like he works so hard off the ball as well as on the ball. And it, it, I don't think you'd see Dahi really moving from that sixth position if that's where he plays. Um, at the weekend, obviously, him and Matt, there can be a bit of interchange there, as we've mentioned. Um, you've mentioned here you want to see you want to see work rates. You just want to see incremental improvements this weekend. But where where will Galway hold the advantage in this? And eventually, what we're hoping here is where Dublin down. I'd hope that Galway's backs, you know, the 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 the, the back six and midfield and, and the two half forwards working hard, that they will, um, you know hold a good advantage over the Dublin backs, keep them at bay and, and the goal will be able to work enough scores then, you know, with a sweeper that Dublin will deploy, you know, you can't be just lamping ball down the field, you have to be strategic with it. I think goal will try and, you know, pick points from out the field, especially in Crow Park. Um, so, you know, I'd hope that the backs would set a good platform and then that, that Galway will be able to pick off enough of scores then uh, to, to stay ahead, you know. Is there... How much or uh, how do you see Galway winning this game by on Sunday? Um, you haven't looked at what the weather is like, but um, you know, you'd imagine a five six point win would be fairly comfortable enough. You know, Dublin will be competitive, as you said, yes, the football game after. Um, but if Dublin try and keep in the game and keep it low scoring. That football crowd will be in towards the second half and they'll get that lift, you, you know, going down the stretch. So, um, and I, you know, I suppose there hasn't been that many double headers of the Dublin hurlers and footballers in, in, in Crow Park. So, um, you know, the guys might come in out of curiosity and then get enthralled <laughs> into, into, into the game of hurling. So, um, you, you'd hope that Galway have, have you know, put the game to bed with 15, 20 minutes to go and that will negate whatever impact that crowd coming in will have. Do, do Galway hold an advantage in it that, like, if you consider 
Galway's inside forward line contributed a massive amount of scores. But when you look at Dublin's inside forward line, they scored one point against Kilkenny. Is that where the advantage and probably difference is? Well, like I said, you know, the Galway backs, they're going to set the platform, I think, in this yeah. game. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I don't, I don't see Galway coming in scoring five goals against a team that yeah. has set the yeah. defenders set up. You know, they're going to be have to be picking out the scores from out the field, working hard for their scores, you know, and, and could, uh, Evan will obviously slot the freeze in, in most cases. So, um, I suppose to answer your question, Galway certainly have an advantage, uh, you'd hope, in, in their uh, backs against the Dublin forwards. So, that'll set the platform. And then, hopefully all goes well this weekend, set up for Galway Kilkenny again. <laughs> I think oh, we'll just get over this again first, but uh, you, you'd hope that uh, we get another crack at Kenny uh, in Crow Park. I think both teams will have will have come on a lot since that first game. I think you know there was there was a lot of mistakes, there was a lot of loose play in that, and I think if we get to a Leicester final, that'll that'll focus the minds and the, the, there'll be more of a championship feel about it. Just on it as well, Angus. Before we finish up, um, we were talking about the Galway Miners out there. A terrific performance again against Cork, but I've just been so impressed with the way they've been dismantling teams this year. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a dream team management set up there. So, um, look, at the, 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 the guys seem to be, uh, I suppose, number one, physically well-developed for 17-year-olds as much as you can be. Uh, their hurling is, is very crisp, very sharp, and... Um, you know they're they're tactically very astute and set up to to, to dismantle teams. I think Clare are quite similar. Um, they seem to be showing the same kind of traits. So I think it, it'll be a very interesting final. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the be all and end all for for these players. It's more about development. Um, but it's nice to get silverware as well. But um, you know, you'd hope that you get the two or three guys from that towards a, a senior team. You know, it goes without mentioning. Aaron Island obviously has 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 huge shows huge potential. Um, not, so, not putting pressure on Aaron Island now, Aaron, because there's huge expectation. But for you, how good can can this guy be? I can only go with what other guys are telling me. I go off what other guys tell me. Any of the fellas I've been talking to about him have said he he certainly has the potential to be the real deal. Um, but not every guy that had potential fulfilled it. So um, I think we should just leave him as he is, let him keep doing what he's doing, uh, make sure he's, I'm sure he's on the right strength and conditioning program. He'll, he'll, he'll be piggybacking on what the brother is doing, trying to beat him. So um, you, you, you can be sure that uh, he, he's a competitive guy and um, just give him the space to, to develop, not to be... Uh, Blowing him up too much or knocking him down too much either. That this uh, to to allow him to to you know enjoy his hurling and, and he's not going to be a senior in the next two or three years. It's about development for for the future. What were you thinking the last day when you see young Rabbit with the glove and <laughs> talking to Joe's? Got memories? Does that bring back for you? Um. Not great ones. Whenever I played against him in the club, anyway, but. Um, you look at it's great to see um you know former players uh siblings uh making the breakthrough um you know garage McInerney's, you know the the guys like that that uh 
whose parents would have, I suppose, you know, been successful. It's not that easy for their siblings to follow up on that. There can be sometimes a, an unrealistic expectation just because you're you're related to a particular uh, past player. So, you know, again, he just needs to be left with the space to develop. Uh, but he, you know, he has great potential and sort of remind you a tiny bit of Johnny Glynn, the way he goes on, uh, his ball winging abilities. So um, it's probably something that's uh, not overly present in Galway, that, that guys like that. So you'd hope again, like he's given the space to develop and, and, and uh, you know, enjoys what he's doing at the moment. And, and I suppose fulfills the potential that he shows at the moment. Yeah, no, Brian Callan as well from Ardran inside in that forward line. He's had some really good performances. There's a really good inside line there. But just we, we talk obviously about that dream team of management team. You look at it, Bergen Healy manager, uh, selectors, James Gehill, Joe Canning, Mark Curran, Port Duddy, Eamon Cleary. A lot of those players obviously would have seen a lot of this management team either play at Club Hurling or County Hurling and would have been probably some of their idols growing up. But how much of an influence is that having on the players, do you feel? Um, I'm sure it's, it's only uh, of positive uh, benefit, you know, and influence. Uh, the guys are hugely experienced. And, you know, Joe, will, will, will there's, there's nothing that Joe doesn't know and, and he can impart to, to any of the forwards there. Mark Kearns has, has been through it. He, he's... Um, been hugely involved in Clarebridge in terms of their youth development, so he can bring that to the table. Uh, you know, Eamon Cleary has has vast experience. He's trained senior teams in Galway, you know, been hugely involved with Sarsfields. Then you have Fergal, obviously, is, is training every team in Crowell going. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, 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 the guys have the best of the best there, and, and also their, their strength and conditioning guy they have involved as well. So, I mean, um, it, it's a great, it's a great asset to the uh, players that any of the fellas that, that are talking to them, they can turn around and say, well, what does this fella know? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Every one of them guys has, you know, bought the T-shirt and been there and done that. So they, they're hugely respected. And um, I think that the players can, can, I suppose, take solace in that the guys they have involved with them are, are real, genuine, smart, intelligent guys who know what they're talking about. Yeah, that, that game was obviously Sunday week against uh, Clare. Um, it's, uh, it's part of a double header. That game will be taking place at one, and then you have Cork and Offaly in the under 20 at uh, three o'clock. Um, I'd encourage everyone to get tickets as soon as that's what they can if they're half thinking of going because um, there's going to be a great crowd in Turles because we've seen the support Offaly have brought. And just finally, Offaly, I think 15 of that minor team have gone through to under 20. It's a great minor team at the minute, but it's about getting as much players as you can from this minor team into Brian Hanley's under-20 setup. then. Absolutely. You'd hope that, that everybody, uh, you know, transfers through, but invariably they don't. Um, you'll find there's always a fall-off for a variety of different reasons. You know, guys go away, they go to college, they lose interest. Um, they're maybe on the verges of, of making it anyway. You know, um, but the more guys they can make it, the more chance you have of, of transferring them then to the senior team, obviously. So I suppose um shouldn't be taken as a given that it's that's a merry-go-round and once you're on, you're you're on all the way around. It's it's not the way it should work. 
I think there needs to be incentive for guys that don't make it as well to, to be brought into it. Um, there's plenty of guys who made great seniors that never made any minor panels. So um, Offaly seem to have a great template at the moment uh, throughout uh, their, their codes. Um, and it's it's fair juice to them. You know, they, they were at a, a low ebb there a year or two ago or two years ago. And now the, the, their minors and under 20s are, are really... Um, I suppose bringing life back into their supporters, and and as you said, they're 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 fairly getting on the bandwagon. Um, as you said, that there'll be a huge crowd down in Thurles for that game. I would imagine. Yeah, no, that that double header is going to be uh, probably one of the moments in the summer this year in the Urban Championship. So definitely an occasion to look forward to. That is all on our uh, show for today. Um, as I said, go and face Dublin two o'clock uh, Sunday in Co-Park, Game on RT. And if you're listening, if you haven't already, uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And there's been great views and great um, content with all the various guests over the, the last few months. Uh, Angus, thanks a million for coming on. Paul, no problem. The Backdoor GA podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steed Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit steedmotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job.